Um, I'm sure you've maybe experienced this, noticed this in your life, uh, if you're like me at all, and that is there's often a disconnect between what you want to do and what you actually do, okay? Um, let's just drive it right home for most of us have experienced this. I want to lose weight. I don't, okay? I mean, this has been very clear to me just this week. Uh, on Thursday, I went on a date with my wife, and we just, um, we ate way too much. And I ate, you know, that point where you feel bad, and, uh, but it was good. And uh, but that night, we were getting ready for bed, and I, and I said to her, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to start doing better. I have a, just a couple pounds I want to lose. I'm just going to do that. I want to do better. I'm going to eat good. And um, that was Thursday. Friday, I went to uh, my friend Will's house for his birthday, and uh, he cooked some hamburgers, and so I got a plate with a cheeseburger, chips, and a Dr. Pepper, um, and I ate it, and I felt good. So I went back and got another plate with another cheeseburger and more chips and another Dr. Pepper, and I ate that, and then I did not feel good, so I went back and got some cake and another Dr. Pepper, and I was like, I'm going to have to start again tomorrow, because this just fell all apart. There's some, some, this difference between what I want to do and what I do, and I know that you experienced this. Maybe you said, I'm going to use my phone less. I am wasting too much of my day, and then the next day, you found your phone in your hand, and you're like, I don't even know why I'm looking at it. Like, it just appeared there, and you're just going through your normal stuff, or you, you decide you're going to try something and it doesn't happen. I'm going, to try, I'm going to try to get up on time or get up earlier. I'm going to try to do this new thing, and I want to do something different. And you've all experienced this, yes? Just smile at me, and that makes me know that you agree, okay? Uh, and so we've all experienced this, and there's, there's this difference between when we try something and then we step further into where we, we train to do that thing. So like if you had an instrument and you decided you're going to learn an instrument, you're going to try it out, okay? And you try for a bit, and my wife's a piano teacher, and she has students that come, and they try, and then they quit. But there's a different attitude in some people, and they say, you know what, I'm going to train. I'm going to figure, I'm going to learn to do this. And they go, they don't just try. They are trying, but they are training, and they take it to another level. Because um, trying doesn't work for everything, if tomorrow morning I told you guys, hey, we're going to do something very special as a church, I've called your boss, you're going to get to be off tomorrow and be paid, in this great illustration so far, we're all going to come up to the church, we're going to meet in the church parking lot, and all together we are going to run, we're going to try to run a marathon, okay, um, that's 26 point something miles, I don't know exactly, but it's a long way, I'd say what's going to happen, we are not going to succeed, the majority of us, right? Um, unless you've already done some training, we're probably going to need an ambulance on standby for a few of us, okay? I know I'm not going to make it because you don't just try to run a marathon. I mean, you can, but it's probably not going to happen. What you have to do is you have to train. There's a training that goes on so that you're able to do something like that. Now, here's why I bring this up. A lot of people have tried Christianity. Now, there's maybe a couple levels. Maybe some people just try it out. I'm going to try being, I tried that Christian, that church thing. It didn't really work for me. Okay. That's not, it, that's the reason, because you can't just try it. It's an all in. Okay. It's like jumping out of an airplane. You got to go all in for it to work at all. And, but there, there is actually some, um, many of us are auth, um, authentic about it. I'm really trying to live for God. And I'm really struggling. I'm really trying to do what he says to do, but I'm, I'm really struggling. Or I'm really trying to have this peace y'all keep talking about that God gives. But I am so full of stress. I'm trying. Jesus said this joy, we can have joy. And I'm trying, but I'm just not, I'm not experiencing that. Why is there a disconnect in our faith sometimes where we're, we're trying to, to have or to do what God wants us to do and we can't? We need to go beyond trying. Trying is good, but we need to start training. 
In, in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, Paul is writing to a man of God named Timothy, and he's instructing him on how to, what to do, and it's a message for us. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, it says this, train yourself to be godly. It's something you, you train to do. He says, for physical training has some, is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. He talks about training, training yourself. Now, he gives us this nice example, okay, uh, of physical training, because I think a lot of us can understand that, and we can see the benefits of that, and we understand how it works, that if I train physically, for example, I can get physical strength, that I get stronger. I can do things that I could not have done without the training. I can lift things I can do without the training, or um, physical endurance. If I physically train, I can get endurance that I didn't have. I was watching my video from when um, I preached Wednesday night to the teenagers just to kind of see how things went. And I was watching, I was like, why am I nervous sounding at the beginning? I'm not nervous. I'm not, why, what is that? And I was breathing hard. And then I remembered right before I went up, I had to get something at the back of the room. So I ran to the back. It's shorter than this room, by the way. I ran to the back and ran up, and I was out of breath as I was sitting. I was like, I need to start, I need more endurance. This is not good. And training will give us the endurance to do things physically that we can't normally do. It'll give us physical health, that you're more healthy when you, if you do physical training, when you have more energy and less stress. And, okay, and that's just the physical thing. This is his example. And he says that is only of some value. My wife reminds me when I don't work out very often, she'll say, it does still have value. The Bible says working out has value. I'm like, I know, okay. But it does have value. A lot of translations say little value. But you see, in in comparison to godliness, training in godliness, it's a small amount of value. Because training in godliness has value, it says, for all things. See, when when you train in godliness, when you train in godliness, that you have now, you'll have spiritual strength. Strength spiritually to, to do things you never could have done without training. You have spiritual endurance that you don't just live for God some and then I, I wore out and I didn't do it right. Or I had this peace and it just wore out and I couldn't continue. Endurance in your, in your spiritual life. You get spiritual health. You can be spiritually sick, but we can have spiritual health. And it has value in all things. This is every part of your life. That if you train in godliness, it will change all things. All of your relationships and friendships will be different. You will be a better spouse if you train in godliness. You will be a better parent. You will be a better sibling. You will be a better friend. If you will be a better coworker if you train in godliness. It'll make every relationship better. It'll make you better at your job. It'll make you better at finances. I was thinking about this. It'll make you better at free time. Who do you want to go to the lake with? A stressed out person or a peaceful person? You want to go, go on vacation with an angry person or a joyful person? I went on a cruise one time, and I was looking around, and I saw some people in there walking around like this. I'm like, you're on a cruise. There's free food everywhere. What's wrong with you? They need some spiritual training or something. It'll make you better at going on a cruise, okay? This will make every part of your life better if you will train in godliness. It changes who, who you are. So this word, though, godly, it's kind of strange. I mean, you probably don't ever have never said, yes, I'm trying to become more godly, okay? That's just not part of our normal vocabulary. Or, wow, he's so godly. I mean, that's not normal for us. But godliness or being godly, that is a life that is lived in obedience to God. Um, sometimes it helps to see synonyms, okay? And so here's some, here's some things. I could say Christly, but that's equally weird. So Christ-like, okay? Christ-like. It's to be like Christ. It's to live a life that is like him. Or one I particularly like is spiritual, that we were living a spiritual life. 
Um, also, what helps me understand a word is to see the opposite of words. Okay, so here's, here's the opposite of living like that. It's worldly, it's carnal, or it's fleshly. It's living according to what the world says. It's living according to that, those standards, what the influence of the world on my life. It's living what's carnal. That's just what I feel fleshly, the similar. And I can live according to those things and let those guide my life, or I can live according to the Spirit and living according to what God has said. And so we are training to not live like this. This is what you will live if you live naturally. But if we train, we can live like this, and we can be like Christ, and we can live a spiritual life. And so I want to um, show you what I have seen in my life and in many others' lives visually, okay? Because I think it helps me when I, when I see something. I like to draw those things. Um, not particularly a good drawer, but, you know, this will work out just fine. And so here's what I think happens a lot in our lives, is that Maybe you're in a spiritual low season, and then there is an event, a service, something that puts you um, into a spiritual high. So I don't know, you're, you're going along, and you come up, and you have this, this moment with the Lord, and I'm just going to call this a spiritual high. Okay, for, for the youth, this is when you go to youth camp, and you have those moments in the altar, and you're just like, you feel so, so close to God. You're, you're up there. This is when you went to the men's Bible study, study, or you went to a small group, and somebody laid hands on you, and you felt different. There's something different in my life. This is a special moment. This is a special moment in worship where you feel God's presence, and you know that you are not the same, and you have this, this experience with the Lord, and we have these spiritual highs, and we feel like things are so different, and then, though, what happens so often in our lives as we get back into our daily routine and we sink right back down into the flesh. And we go back into the exact same things that we were, living the exact same life that we were before that moment. And then what happens so often in our lives is we just kind of continue this pattern of up and down, up and down, up and down, roller coaster relationship with God. I mean, I've seen some teenagers, it's, I went to youth camp, I went back to school. I went to fall retreat, and then, and then they go back to youth camp, and it's kind of like this, okay? For some of us, it's, just, it's as simple as I go to church on Sunday, and then I went back to my life, and then I come back to the church the next time, and I'm feeling this, I'm close to God, I'm far from God, I'm, close, I'm living in his will, I'm not living in his will. And we're up, and we're down. Or maybe it's another way of looking at it like this. You came to church, or you went to something, you had a moment with the Lord, and you just felt freedom, You've been so stressed out, you've been so worried, you've been so dealing with this thing. And in this moment of worship, this moment of prayer, you felt peace, you had freedom from that. And you're like, this is, it's finally gone. And then you got right back into your daily routine and you went right back into bondage. You believed and you prayed and I'm no longer gonna struggle with this addiction and you, you felt this freedom. And then why is it that I just keep going back down? And you're going through this pattern of your life, if I'm free from it, no, I'm still bound to it. I'm free from it, no, I'm still bound to it. It's this up and this down, it's this up and it's down. And so many of us live this and have experienced this in our life. So I wanna show you why and what many of us are missing, okay? And uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna get me a fresh one here and show you a different way to live. So maybe you, you came in today and you're feeling down in one of these areas. You're feeling far from the Lord or, or stressed out. And maybe today during the service, the Lord speaks to your heart and says, hey, you're different. You're changed. You, you, you feel that moment with the Lord and you, you have this kind of this spiritual high, okay? You, you're coming up. Now, what's going to keep you from just going right back tomorrow to the way that you were? It's, we need something else. These, what we need 
is spiritual disciplines. Now, let me show you what happens when you introduce spiritual discipline, spiritual training into your life. You come here today and you feel the presence of the Lord and I'm going to treat my family different. I'm going to do this. Instead of going right back down into where you were, you now have a baseline that you, of, of, spiritual, of your spiritual walk with the Lord. And yes, I'm still going to have these special moments and these are amazing moments in the presence of the Lord where I feel him. But I'm not dipping back down into the flesh every time I'm not in church or every time I'm not in those special moments. I've got to go to a conference to feel close to God. No, I am living with these spiritual disciplines, I have raised this up and I am living by the Spirit every single day. And it's the spiritual disciplines that will keep you from falling back down into that routine, that, that old way, that roller coaster relationship with God. So, what is a spiritual discipline? Okay, let me start out with what is a discipline. Okay, a discipline is this it's an activity within our power that we engage in to enable us to do what we cannot by direct effort. So there are things that you can do to help you do something that you can't. Um, let's go to the physical training because that's easy to see. Um, if I decided I wanted to be able to run a seven-minute mile, now I know for some of you that's easy. My wife can run one, okay? But the other day I ran an eight-minute and I thought I was going to die, okay? I mean, I was holding on to the treadmill, like just breathing. I mean, it was bad, okay? I was kind of embarrassing, sweating and all that. I was like, there is no way I could take another minute off if I tried, okay? It's just not going to happen. Um, but... There is some training that I could do, and I could get there. I'm not going to do it. I don't care about running seven-minute mile. But there is some training that I could do, and it would enable me to do that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, there is some training spiritually that you can do that is going to enable you to live the life that God has for you that you cannot do without the training. You will not experience it. You will not live it. So here's, here's spiritual disciplines. There are activities that we engage in that train us in godliness, they're biblical activities that we engage in that train us in godliness. Or we could say it like this, that enable us to walk fully in the Spirit. These are activities, these are things that we do that help us and enable us to walk in the Spirit where we would not normally be able to do that. So I'm going to just show you what it looks like to walk in the Spirit. And I'm going to give you an example in Scripture. In Galatians chapter 5, um, he, he says this. He kind of shows us the contrast. He says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So we want to live in the Spirit. We don't want to be constantly sinking down into the flesh. You live by the Spirit and live a spiritual life or a fleshly life. Now, he goes on and he gives us an example of what the, the living by the flesh does. And you can go read that um, on your own. But I'm going to show you then what he says a life of the Spirit looks like. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the result of living by the Spirit, the result, results of walking by the Spirit, what is produced in your life is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Without the training, the spiritual disciplines, we can't fully do these things in our life. So you've tried so hard to have self-control, I'm not going to do that anymore, I'm not, 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 and what happened? You sunk back down into that lack of it. What we need is spiritual disciplines that build up the self-control in us. And we're really good at squeezing these things out. If we're, you know, we've been in church for a long time, we know how to do it. We've memorized this list. We know the song and all that kind of stuff. And, and so kindness, I can make myself be kind to that person while in my heart I'm so bitter and angry at him. I'm being kind though. And I'll tell you what spiritual discipline does. It'll change your heart. It'll change the way you look at them. It'll change, it'll change who you are. It'll give you a joy. I, I just, I, you know, I can't just make joy happen Spiritual disciplines will bring joy into you. 
It will give you peace. It's these things that will create this baseline that enables you to live by the Spirit, to live what we are called to live in and how we are supposed to live. So, are you ready to walk in the Spirit? Are you ready to put off the old and put on the new? Are are you ready? Yeah, this this service likes these. Okay, good. Are you ready for the peace of God? Are you ready for the joy? The last service just looked at me. Okay, I was like, y'all don't want any of this? Okay. And so, uh, yeah, we want the the peace of God and the joy of God. And to stop going on this roller coaster, I'm going to show you some spiritual disciplines, some spiritual disciplines for godly training. This is how we train. I'm going to show you how this is and what we do in order to train. These are the activities that you engage in that enable you to do the things that God has for you that you could not do otherwise. So here's the first one, Bible study. Now, I know when I put this up, I heard a couple of amens, but for most of us, it's like, here we go, church person telling me to read my Bible again, okay? It's like, okay, but every other week somebody says, read your Bible, read your Bible. And I, and I understand that it can kind of feel that way, but it's because it is so essential. And, and we tend to try to think we can get by without it. Um, I want to show you some statistics that I read um, from the Center for Bible Engagement. There's a, a couple of doctors, they put together this study. They surveyed thousands of people, and it's actually quite interesting read. Um, and, but I want to just show you some of the summary of what happened. So they looked, and when, when, people, when they found people who read the Bible four or more times a week, who engaged with the Bible four or more times a week, they begin to see a change. So when, when reading the Bible four or more times a week, loneliness dropped 38%. Anger issues dropped 32%. Bitterness in relationships dropped 40%. Getting drunk dropped 62%. Feeling spiritually stagnant dropped 60%. Viewing pornography dropped 61%. Sex outside of marriage dropped 68%. Sharing your faith increases 228%. Now, this was when people read the Bible four or more times a week. And there was many other things. These are just a sample of what began to happen. Now, I want to show you. I'm just going to read the quote from their article on what, what they got from all of this. The key discovery from the Center for Bible, um, ed, what was it? Engagement. Okay, <laughs> it's not education. Okay, so CBE research is that the life of someone who engages Scripture four or more times a week looks radically different from the life of someone who does not. In fact, the lives of Christians who do not engage the Bible most days of the week are statistically the same as the lives of non-believers. Why do we look the same? Why do I keep just going back into that pattern? Because we're not doing the foundational things. That lay, Look what happened with these people. The, the bar was raised in those areas. Suddenly anger began to get worked out of their life. Sin began to get worked out of their life as this spiritual discipline took over and gave them a baseline to stand on. And so we need to read and study the scripture. Now I've done an entire series, four, five, six weeks on the Bible. I'm not going to try and do any of that today, but this is what I want to do is I want to encourage you. If you have not been faithful and you're going to get started, okay, you're getting started, start with the New Testament. That's the best way for you to start. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all about Jesus. Pick one and read one of those. And then skip over somewhere, Romans through Jude. Pick one of those, okay? These are letters written to Christians about how to live the Christian life. And spend some time in those. And then maybe go back and read another one about Jesus. And then go read some more letters. And just begin to soak that up. And begin to do that. There are lots of ways, though. Some of us can maybe um, change up and and reinvigorate our, um, our reading. It can get old. Some of some for some of us, it's um, you need to you need to get a Bible reading program, and that works really good for you. Um, here's some great things I've done: pick a chapter and study it for an entire week. Romans chapter eight would be a great start. 
read Romans chapter 8, read it for at least one week. Nothing else. If you can read it 10 times a day, one times a day, whatever it is, read Romans chapter 8. Um, read the Sermon on the Mount for two weeks. That's Matthew 5 through 7. Just read the Sermon on the Mount for two weeks. Don't read anything else. Just study it, focus it, get it. You know what you're going to find at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, by the way? Jesus is going to say that those who hear his words and, build, and, and obey them, it's like the one who built his house on a rock. And what happened when the storm came? That house stood because it had a foundation of spiritual disciplines. And when the storm comes and the problems come, they don't fall right back down on things. They had a foundation on his word. Um, I read, I like to do this. I'll pick a book of the Bible like James. James is probably the most practical book of the Bible. Read it for an entire month. Just James. Some days you'll read it all the way through. Some days you'll read a chapter. Just read. Or I did this with First John. I read it for a month and a half one time. Just over and over and over and over. I listened to it. I read it different translations. I read it over and over. I just wanted to put it in me. And there's so many different ways. Many of you uh, have a long commute. The YouVersion Bible app is free, and it will play the Bible for you. And you can get in your car, and you can hit play. Instead of listening to the news that morning or listening to the radio, just listen to the Scripture and let it go in you. There's, it, listening is powerful, too. You will hear things that you never heard when you read it for some reason. I don't know why it's so different. And so um, engage in the Scripture in as many ways and different ways as you can. But it needs to be a regular part because that is a spiritual discipline that keeps us walking in the way that we're supposed to. So... We need Bible study. Can anyone guess what number next one is? Yeah, prayer. Yeah, you know them, don't we? But for some reason, we don't engage in them as much as we're supposed to. Okay, so we need prayer. We cannot, we cannot live the life that God has for us without prayer. Prayer is how we hear his voice. It's how we get direction from him and his will for our life. It's, prayer sustains me through challenges, and it's a way to enjoy his presence. It brings the power of God into my life. Without prayer, I'm going to be weak spiritually. Now, I gave you a whole bunch of statistics on the other one. I'm not going to do that for everyone. I'm going to give you one for this one, okay? Um, the divorce rate in the United States is about 50%. About half of marriages do not make it. Among couples who pray together every day, it's less than 1% in a divorce. It was one out of every 1,152 ended in divorce. If, when couples pray together daily, it changes it's a spiritual discipline. Now, prayer is a spiritual discipline you can do by yourself and that we do with others. And I'll tell you what, this is something you need to put in your marriage, that you're praying together. It will make you strong. Now, just that one spiritual discipline will dramatically change you and your marriage. And we need prayer. I'll give you one verse as encouragement. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it's a short verse. Pray without ceasing. Pray continually. Keep praying. Now, there are, there's different ways that we pray, just like there's different ways we can study the Bible. Um, we, we can pray. There will be times when it's just you, you get alone and you spend 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour with the Lord and just pray. Much of the time it's praying throughout your day. You wake up in the morning. Often before I even, just before I even really open my eyes, I turn off my alarm and uh, I just pray a quick prayer to the Lord and say, Lord, I want you to be with me today. Use me and guide me. Sometimes it's that quick and then I get going. Pray with your kids right before they go to school. Pray, with, pray over your food, of course, and pray over, if you're at work and you're about to go and do a big meeting, talk to the Lord about it. Lord, help me to, to do, lead this right. If you get angry at somebody, before you speak, pray. 
Do you, do, you, do you not see how this will change you? You've been sitting there going, oh, I need to stop acting that way every time I get mad. Well, if before you, when you get mad, okay, before you speak, you pray, you're going to hit this spiritual discipline and you're not going to keep falling back down into the same stuff. And so we begin to engage in prayer all throughout our day. It's, it doesn't always have to be an hour long. It may be 10 seconds long. And so, but it's a constant, continual part of our life. Now, these two are the foundation of 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 spiritual disciplines. There, there are many others that are very important, but this, this, these, are the found, these are the diet and exercise, okay? <laughs> Without diet and exercise, you're not gonna get physically in shape. You know that, right? I mean, I know that people online tell you there's otherwise, okay? I just saw one just a week or so ago. The guy gets on there and he's like, you know, ripped, and he's like, do you wanna look like me? And I'm like, not really, but okay. Um, and, he, and he's like, yeah, I can show you, and you don't, even, you don't have to go to the gym, and you can forget diets. You can eat anything you want, and I'm like, and then, then it gets there, you know, not, just buy my program. And I'm like, that's right, I'm going to be out $100 and still out of shape because you're either going to diet and exercise or you're not, okay? It's, it doesn't work any other way. And here's, the, without these things, we are not going to grow and be strong spiritually. Um, there's a lot of believers who are starved spiritually because we eat once a week at best. I mean, I have eaten some meals. When I got done, I felt like I didn't need to eat for a week. But interestingly, the next day, I found a way to eat again. You know what I'm talking about? Then I was hungry again. But so many of us, we come to church on Sunday, we eat, we feel good, and then we think we can make it till the next time. And that's not the way we're supposed to live. We need to be constantly putting in the Word of God, constantly in prayer, and, and building up this part. Some of us are spiritually poisoned. You've ever had food poisoning? Because you ate something that wasn't good. And we eat junk all day long in this culture. You get it on the news, you get it on TikTok, you get it on Facebook, you get it on whatever these things, and it's constant junk that we're eating. It's like, we have a marriage problem, let me Google what to do about it instead of going to God's word. I, I need to figure out this part of my life. I know this guru online, I mean, he's the guy, like, he knows what to do. And I go to there, and there may be some good advice out there, but if we're not taking in the word of God first, we're gonna get spiritually food poisoned. And so we need these things. Now, um, on top of these things, I'm going to give us some more spiritual disciplines that, are, that need to be a part of our life. Meditation. Meditation is when we take God's word. Okay, so meditation is like, if, if Bible study is exercise, okay, meditation is lifting weights. You can exercise without lifting weights, but when you add the weights, it, it magnifies, it gives you some more benefit, okay? This is where you think on and you, and you process what God's word has said. I'm not just reading it and studying, I'm thinking about it throughout my day. I'm, I'm, I'm meditating, meditating on it, letting it part of my life. Let me show you what the scripture says about it in Psalms chapter one. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners or sit at the seat of mockers. And by the way, we are in the counsel of the wicked every single day in our culture. They're trying to tell us how to live and what you're supposed to do. Blessed are us when we're not doing that. He goes on, he says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's talking about his word, his scripture. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Now, when we meditate on him, something changes. And in the next verse is gonna tell you what happens for the one who meditates on his word day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. So let me give you an image Imagine there's a tree, you got a stream, and there's a tree planted next to it, and it's doing well. And then we have a drought, and all these other trees are wilting and dying and struggling, and that tree is just fine. Why? Because it's planted next to the water. How do you live like that? How do you experience that? And then whatever you do, do prospers. How do you experience that? You meditate on his word. This is what he says happens for those who meditate on their word. It's like all of life is going, all of these problems, but... 
The word kept you strong, and it will keep you strong. It'll keep you from falling back into the same bad habits over and over again if we meditate on the word. So we need to meditate. Meditation. Fasting. <laughs> if this is lifting weights to exercise, I guess this is diet to, <laughs> or like not eating to dieting. I don't know, but um, it can, it's literally not eating. Now, here's, here's what fasting does. Fasting breaks down your flesh so that you, and, and, and increases your faith in the Lord. And by the way, these go together, prayer and fasting. That's what we all, I mean, if you're, if you're fasting without prayer, you're just hungry, okay? So when we're fasting, then we need, we, we are praying. And what it does is it, it builds your faith. And if you are struggling in an area and you have not gotten victory, fast. Pick a season, pick a time, pick a day. Maybe, maybe you're going to do lunch every day. I've done different types of fasts. I've done the three days and the different things. Fast, and here's, what, here's how it works. When you're going through your day and all of a sudden, oh, I'm so hungry. That hunger is a reminder that I'm not enough. I need God. And it's a reminder to pray. And, you, and it just builds up your faith that way. So it's a discipline that we use. Not all the time, but this is a discipline that is a part of our life that we need in different seasons. And so keep that in your tool belt of tools that you use to grow spiritually. Community. Now, a lot of people would not think of this as a spiritual discipline. Spiritual disciplines are things that you do that enable you to do what you can't. These are things that strengthen you in your faith, and community is essential to growing in the Lord. Community is Christ-centered relationships where we're meeting each other's needs, that we're ministering to one another. And without community, you will not be able to stay spiritually strong. Because that's not how God designed us to be. He designed us as a body that we work together. And he designed us to do this thing. And so we have to intentionally be in community. And here's the thing. A lot of these things are difficult. Fasting is difficult. Sometimes Bible study, is, it's hard to understand. It can be difficult. And community can be difficult. And here's why. You are busy. And the, the, there's, you could easily go weeks and weeks and weeks and not really engage with the Christian community because we are so busy. But it's worth making the effort. We have to decide that I'm, this is a discipline. This is something that I'm going for. It is part of my spiritual training. And if I'm not in community, I know I'm going to be weak. And so we need to make this an effort. So let me make it a little easy for you, okay, to get the, the beginner starting methods, okay, how to get going. Show up 10 minutes before church starts every week and stand in the foyer and talk to people. And then when church ends, stay for 10 minutes and talk to people. I don't have that time. You're too busy. Change some things, okay? This is a day of rest anyways, okay? So you, you spend that time. Don't hit the, hit the car. Now, I understand today, Father's Day, you've already got plans. You've got to hit out there really fast, okay? So I'm not going to judge you today. I will next week. Um, but actually, I plan on preaching 10 minutes shorter than normal, so you've got to stay. All right, so we got the worship. we got the we got the teaching, and then we're going to have prayer, and then we've got community. It's a part of church, okay? And uh, I'm going to encourage you to do that. I'm not going to stand in the parking lot and tell you your 10 minutes isn't up yet, okay? I'm not going to do that. But I want to encourage you to make an effort to stand and talk to people. To make, to, I mean, you could come here for 10 years and nobody know who you are if you want to. And don't blame everybody else if you're hitting the door that fast. You got, you got to make the effort to be. Now, when we have growth group sign-ups in a, in a month or so, join a growth group. Be in a small group. If, you're, if you have teenagers, get them to youth as much as possible because they're going to build the community that they need there. And so we, we have to make this effort to do it. Ask people to go out to eat with you. Find somebody that looks like they'd be fun and go say, hey, next Sunday after church, we're already here. Let's go eat. 
I just did this today to someone after the first service. I said, hey, you want to go eat next week? Or, and so just do this, okay? And, and so make an effort. Now I'm going to go really fast, okay? Worship. Worship is a spiritual discipline. It's a thing you choose to do. Choose to worship the Lord. You do it here in this room. You can show up and not worship. You can be in worship and not worship. In a worship service and not worship. Do you understand? You choose to worship. And I'm going to tell you the freedom that I have experienced in my life in times of worship. This is something you do outside of church as well. And the most stressful time, I had a job before here. I was so icky um, so much of the time. And I have these distinct memories of going in my office, closing the door, turning on a worship album. For just, I didn't have much time. I had a little break. And I spent five minutes, and I just, to, just me and the Lord worshiped. And the freedom, the, the, the release of that stress that I got in those moments. Worship is a spiritual discipline. You could do it in your car as you're driving to work. Maybe you won't be so stressed out, but all those dumb drivers out there, you know what I'm talking about? Solitude. Solitude is a, is a spiritual discipline of getting alone and spending some time with the Lord. In Luke 5.16, it says that Jesus um, often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Often went alone. And it, Now, this is not... This is not going to be every day. I understand. This is this is a sp- sometimes these are special times, and and but I want to encourage you that in your in your season in different seasons of your life to look for for moments when you can just go out and somewhere and just you and God, no real agenda, just to be quiet and listen to Him. Some of the guys are like, I'm going fishing. That's that's my solitude. All right, just, the preacher said I need to go fishing. Okay, maybe. All right, if that's how it works for you, but we need to. This can be a part. This is a tool for spiritual discipline, for spiritual growth. Confession. James 5, 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. If you are constantly sinking down into the same bondage, into the same flesh routine and that kind of thing, what many of us may need is a community where we can confess our sins. That may be the foundation that you need to overcome that thing. People in your life that you can confess to and that you can get victory from. It's a spiritual discipline. Serving. Serve the, in the community of believers. Amen. This changed my life as a young man when I, was, when I was in high school, as I began to serve in my church in a greater way. And, and all through, as I, every time I began to serve in more and more areas, I grew spiritually. And if you serve, it will grow you. And finally, memorization, to where you memorize scripture. That you, you, when you go through a problem, it's okay if you have to Google you know, where does the Bible talk about blah? That's fine. But how much better is it that when you're in that moment and just scripture's right there because you've been working on it. And that's a discipline. It's work. It's work. But it's powerful what it does for you. And there's more dis- spiritual disciplines than these. That's what I'm going to just show you today. But um, these are something that need to be a part of our life. It's not... And here's the thing. You may look at this and go, great, he just gave me a big, long to-do list, okay? This is not like a to-do list I check off and that kind of thing. No, I'm, I'm trying to show you that this is a different way of living your life. That these are, these are things I'm engaging in all through my day. These are new habits for me. That where you may currently have the habit of I get up in the morning and I go and I'll do my news or I read this article or I play Wordle or whatever it is, and you're going through your normal stuff. Instead, the first thing I do is I have just a couple moments to pray. And, and maybe I read the scripture in the morning. And when I come home, instead of going right into my normal thing, I, this is just a part of who I am. And I'm constantly praying, and I'm looking for times when I'm going to work through something in my life through fasting, or, and I have these disciplines that are a part of me. I have my regular times of worship that I wouldn't miss for anything because they're, they're a habit, they're a part of who I am. If we don't put these, make these a priority in our life, we're going to stay spiritually weak. 
and I want to see you spiritually strong. Now, I have a, just a special word just for the dads. I know there's a lot of you, and moms, this applies to you too, but it's Father's Day, so I want to encourage the dads. In Proverbs chapter 22, it talks about training. 22 verse 6, it says, Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, old he will not turn from it. Train a child. Now, dads, we train our kids and stuff. You taught them how to catch a ball. I mean, when my son, when we first threw a ball at him, he stood there and he goes, boom. It's, like, it's, like, it's already on the floor, all right? And so, you know, we started working on holding your hands out and using your hands and keep your eye on the ball, right? And don't let it hit your body. Catch it with your hands. And, and we start practicing these things, right? And he's not good at it at first. And so we just keep going and keep training and keep showing. You can train him how to catch a ball. I'll tell you what you need to train him in. You need to train him in spiritual disciplines. Don't rely on others to do it. Train your kids to pray. So I would encourage you to pray with your kids at least once a day. At least. I mean, before they go to bed, pray with them. Make it a new routine. And here we go. Don't just you do the praying. Train them to pray. They may not be very good at it. They, they pray and, and you say, hey, I want to teach you something today. Today when you pray, I want you to thank God for something before you, in your prayer. And help them, teach them. Because maybe it's just all selfish. And now they're going to start thanking God for something he did. And then a few weeks later, say, hey, today I want to teach you something new. Today I want you to, to pray for somebody else in your life. Pray for somebody else, not yourself. And train them. Train them how to read their Bible. Train them it's okay to ask questions. Sit, you don't expect that, I mean, you know, your job and tomorrow, bring them on Wednesday. Okay, that's one of their four times a week. <laughs> we need more than that. We need you to be engaged. And um, teach them to memorize and to, to have times alone. Teach them how important community is by showing them community. Teach them to worship. I can tell you how to teach a kid to worship. Worship yourself. Nothing like standing next to your dad in a room and his hands are uplifted to heaven, singing with his voice. That will change your child. Teach them these things. And you will set them up for a lifetime of living for Christ, a spiritual walk with him. So let me just ask you this. What if you could stop falling back into those old patterns all the time? What if you could really live in that peace that he talks about and that joy that he talks about? What if you could change? You can. We need to begin these spiritual disciplines every day. As we end our service, I want to talk to those of you who maybe you came in and you're feeling pretty low. Your life is overwhelming in some area. You're stressed out. You're worried about some things. Or maybe you feel really far from God. We get to do something together, and that is to pray together. And there's power when we pray. And let's believe that today you're going to begin a new path, a new journey up into living the life that God has for you. You're going to overcome that stress and overcome that depression or overcome that addiction and that struggle. And you're going to put that behind you and begin it this morning with prayer. In just a moment, we're all going to stand together and sing part of a song. And during that time, there'll be people at the front of the room to pray with you. And if you came with any need in your life, we want to pray with you and believe God's going to change things. If you came and you feel far from the Lord, you feel distant. You've been living in those spiritual lows. Come and let someone pray with you and believe that you're going to begin to live in a new way. And for the rest of all of us, we're going to just sing for just a moment. And during that time, I wouldn't ask you to just set in your heart that, that you're going to make a change in the way that you live. You're not just going to try this out anymore. You're going to train to be spiritual and make that change. I'm going to pray over all of us. 
When I say amen, we'll stand. And if you need prayer for anything in your life, there'll be people at the front of the room to pray with you. And then we'll be dismissed in a couple moments. Father, I thank you that you are with us and you are leading us. Lord, I pray that you would right now stir up something in us, Lord, to truly go after you. Lord, to live these spiritual disciplines every day of our life. Lord, show us how to incorporate them in our lives and to to live a spiritual life with you. Lord, I pray for those who came with a need today, that you would draw them. And Lord, when they come for prayer, that you would meet their need, touch their heart and life. In Jesus' name, amen.